Originating from a secret underground bunker buried deep in the heart of Chicago's north side, two fans dare to defy the laws of man to bring you a podcast about the south side hitmen, the good guys who wear black. There's a sense of pride. Um, there's a sense of, of purpose. Azagian, by far. He was my favorite player. Of all time, it's Paul Canerco. I love the hot dogs. I love the grilled onions. And I can't believe it's been 13 years. 13 painful, painful years. <laughs> because good guys wear black. Good guys talk back. Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, episode 34 I am Nick Murawski, and we are recording on Wednesday evening, August 7th, 2019, after the Detroit series. Uh, A lot of fun stuff to get to in this episode, Uh, but before we begin, let me bring in my co-host, Jeff Julian. Hello, sir. Mr. Murawski, it is good to be here with Mm -hmm. you, and let's talk... About those White Sox. I tell you, man, I, uh, you know me, uh, if the Sox win, uh, even when they beat up on just a horrible team like Detroit, my mood is so much better. <laughs> That's right. It's a real, it's a real yeah. problem. I mean, it's a release of endorphins. I, yeah. I don't have to get on a treadmill or a <laughs> right. bike or anything. Right. Uh, after this series, I'm feeling really good. And really the, uh, the Philadelphia series, and we talk a little bit about that soon. But yeah, August is off to a much better uh, start. Yeah, they're five and three in August. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, nine and eighteen in the second half, which hasn't been very good. But you know, August is coming around. You got a healthy Tim Anderson. You got Eloy back in the lineup consistently, uh, missing Mancada, but. Uh, boy, this Detroit series, uh, it was good to see. It was exactly what you were talking about. Finally. Beating a team that you should beat. Not just beat them, but almost embarrass them. Yes. And, and <laughs> this is an epically, I don't Horrible. know if they're historically bad, but they are. 45 games under 500. Detroit is awful. That is, that's unbelievable. I'm just, I'm looking at the records right now and I, I don't remember seeing like a team be 35 and a half games back of first place. They are, they are That's absolutely, amazing. absolutely awful. And you kind of, I guess can empathize a little bit as Sox fans, you know, in 2017, 2018, for sure. We were never this bad. And, uh, Talk about a franchise that um, is really owning it. They're leaning into this to yeah. this rebuild, and they're going to be good. They're going to be good eventually. They're stocking up pitchers left and right, and it looks like they're they'll get the number one pick, or at least it's trending that way. Um, you know, with the next year's draft. But you know what? I have no sympathy. No, Beat you them. can't. Beat yeah. them down. You have to. Yeah, and, and Detroit we... sucks, and I hate Detroit. <laughs> and I, you know, I've been to Detroit, folks, and I the town is. It's not worth your time. No, we talked about this before. This is exactly what was so frustrating about July. And I was, as as much as I enjoy the month of July, I was glad to turn the page on yeah. it from a baseball season yeah. standpoint because it re- really was the month that submarined any kind of delusions about the Sox being competitive, yeah. especially yeah. in the wild card. But there was also just those, those two long losing streaks mm-hmm. that really it really crystallized who this team is where, yeah. you know, where the shortcomings are, but 
but it's it's nice to get into August, see him beat a beat a pretty good Phillies team. Yeah, playoff then, bound potentially, and then do what they're supposed to do against bad yeah. teams. And so you know, credit to the team itself, credit to. Ricky Renneria, most credit to Daryl oh, Boston. Oh, what did you say? No, no, no. No, no, no. Say what you just said again. One more I time. I said credit to Ricky Renneria, uh-huh. but yep. most credit to Daryl Boston for his steadfast leadership you're a, you're at, insane. at, you are at first base. Insane. Remember, it. listen, I trust Daryl Boston, and I'm with <laughs> I'm with the Daryl Daryl Bostones, okay? That, that's... My guy. I tell you what, man. Saxfest 2020. I want you there, <laughs> hunting down Boston. Just an autograph hawk for. He won't Boston. be hard to find. I'm the only well, member sure. of the he's fan like, club. Yeah, he's six eight. You know, two seventy five. I'm president of the fan club. I tell you, and only member. And um, only member. Absolutely. All right. State of the Sox. Uh, Fifty one and sixty two. Uh, like we said, nine and eighteen since the break. Five and three in August. Nineteen and a half out of first place, and fourteen and a half out of that second wild card. Yeah. Um, I still look at the number, um, but you know, uh, you, you almost look at the number because you're like, okay, all these numbers, these records, whatever. You're anticipating next year, next summer, and it's never too early to start talking 2020. I mean, hell, we've been talking 2020 in 2017. And when you get to 2020 at this point of the summer with two months left of baseball, you where, where should we be? Where do you want to be? You know, and you start looking at where these other teams are that are flirting with the second wild card, what their record's like, what they do in the division, and – I guess that's just a reminder of me of like, I want to say, remember last year when we were 14 and a half out of that wild card and 19 and a half out of the division on August 7th. Right. You know, well, and I, I hope that's the case where we, we completely put it in the rearview mirror by next summer. Well, in, in clearly each season stands on its own. Right. But yeah. I do think the value in looking at the records or even just looking, looking within your division, you, you know, the teams that you want to, be as good as or better but then as you look at the wild card standings you kind of get a sense of where you where you need to be next year sure. at this time yeah. right yeah. so if you want to be Oakland or Boston who are right at the cusp of getting into the wild court or wild card or you want to be Cleveland or Tampa who are in the wild card you know you need to be somewhere in that 15 to 16 games over 500 so it tells you how you need to play baseball for from the beginning of the season, you know, through, through at least the all-star break. Then to me, when you look at the, the wild card standings, there's, there's a clear break between the angels and the socks. And what's fascinating to me is it's run differential. Yeah. Oh yeah. The the angels don't have a great run differential. They're negative 19, but the socks are negative one Oh nine. Yeah. So, you know, you've Mm got to work on that. You've got to get better, consistent pitching from your starters mm-hmm. you've got to score more runs and this team can well, score with runners runs, in scoring right. position but they do it in bunches right yeah. so you can't get blown out a yeah. bunch of times and you've gotta you gotta stay competitive yeah um let's talk a little bit about this detroit series because it was a really interesting series uh, in detroit uh they had a night game on monday and then they had a double header on tuesday a day game with a nightcap uh that had a rain delay, an hour rain delay in it. And then they turned around and had a day game 
today. I mean, that that's a lot. That's a lot of baseball. That, that's a goofy up, down, up, down. You know, you kind of forget where you are, uh, especially being on the road. Um, but the Sox came out three out of four. You know, give them credit. You know, I, people are going to say, but it's Detroit. And it is. Detroit's awful. 45 games under 500. They want to lose. But you still... I've watched enough Sox baseball over the years, and you folks, you know, have two if you're listening to this podcast, where that's not always that does not guarantee that they're right. gonna the Sox are gonna beat up a bad team. Well, we've seen it this year where two bad teams, Detroit earlier in the year and Kansas City at one point, both took you, winnable you games away from them. You have to put in a, a good pitching performance, a good game plan. You got to hit. I mean, Detroit's got some arms. They've got some players. Uh, and I think Ron Gardenhire is a hell of a manager, right? You know, so he's not going to let them, uh, you know, just fall down. But you got to have the players to play a game. And uh, you know, Sox or speaking of playing against teams that are under five hundred, Sox are twenty five and twenty two against teams under five hundred, and that's one of your problems of where you are record wise uh, and in the division because you've got teams like Kansas City. And uh, in Detroit, that are in our division, that are well under 500. You know, we've played other teams like Miami that we just not haven't taken care of business. 25 and 22 against teams under 500. I don't consider that very good at all. No, you've got to be better, right? You uh, obviously you you've got to be better. That's where you make your you know your your money. That's where you get ahead, especially if, if you're playing you those teams ahead. at yes. at home, right? Yes. You know, you've got to. We, we looked at these records before. But you know that's where Hugh, that's where the Houston's, the Yankees, the the the, the Twins. That's yeah. where they're feasting on those bad teams. And their home records, with the exception of of Minnesota, the Houston and the Yankees are are lights out at home. Let me let me put it into a perspective of uh, like long distance running. Okay, and and I've got some experience with it. When you're on a when you're on a marathon trail or a long distance trail, and and you're weaving around and. You know, you're going through turns and curves, and you're you're probably not able to make up time and, and make up as much speed as you want. But in every trail, there is that straightaway path. And when you get on that flat land, that straightaway path, that's where you make up your time. You know, right. you build right. up reserves so when that nasty trail continues and snakes around you can maybe take it a little bit lighter or you might not as excel as much. And that's what it comes to sub 500 teams for the Sox or any team. They're that straight away and a long distance right. path. Right. right. Feast on them. Cause you right. might, you might not have that always. And you don't have to look much farther than this weekend when the Sox welcome Oakland, uh, which is a site I don't want to see again, and Houston, back-to-back. Yeah. Back. So we're talking about records, yeah. right? And I know that we've kind of acknowledged that, you know, this team is somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah. They, they they were never a playoff team. but Right. But, don't look at the records necessarily. It's how you got there. But at one point, we did look at the sure. record, right? And we were saying, we looked at the first half, yeah. and we said, this team is X games better than they were last year. Correct. And we celebrated that, yeah. right? Yeah. And then they kind of went on the skid. Yeah. The, the, the July second was half bad. of, of July. Yeah. And yeah, when you look at July cumulatively, it was bad. So my question to you is, if they've got 49 games left, right? Mm -hmm. Or four, four, 48 games, maybe. Sure. Um, Sounds about right. So if you end up losing enough games where you're maybe only a couple of games better than you were mm -hmm. last year, then how do we end up 
judging this season because I feel like at the break we were saying this first half was better. This shows a team that's improving and on the way up. But if we end up with sort of the same record because of a second half slide, Mm -hmm. then do, can we still really, I'm just asking the question kind of philosophically. Sure. Do we still say this team made improvements if they end up losing you know, 92 or 93 games or something. I, I see what you're saying. I do. I, well, let me answer. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to lose that many games. If that does happen, then I think you need to look at, well, how is that happening? Now, when we looked at the first half of the season, we said this team is better than they were last year. And we looked solely kind of at the record as a quick, um, you know, snapshot. Well, what you really needed, you know, invest in is well how did we get to this record and it was an improved Mancata. it was a giolito who was pitching out of his mind a, a column a that you know seattle kind of gave up on and we turned into just a gold a closer uh, and anderson that was stick talk mania those things weren't happening in in 2018 which produced the record that we had and then an eloy that started the season with us and had a pretty good you know coming out party yeah um so if there is a slide it's because of injuries which there has been it's because you know maybe uh giolito was a mirage which he hasn't been he's still putting up pretty damn good numbers uh in the second half you think they can go close to 500 over these last 49 games i think so i mean if if they do then they're right in that win total that you and i talked about like somewhere between that 73 and 75 77 wins i I think so and i think if if that's the case then i do think you say this is an improvement i I guess and and when when i sent you this i remember now it was a text that i sent you they were right in the middle of that other kind of five or six games uh losing Mm -hmm. streak they were in and i was just thinking in my mind like if they continue to play baseball this way and the records hold true, they could almost lose as many games as they right. did last year. Right. I, that was a slide. Um, that was a rough slide. I think they ended up being like 11 games under in July, uh, which was is hopefully going to be the outlier. When, when you right. look at these right. records month to month, you're going to look at July and you're going to say, well, Anderson was hurt. Uh, Aloy was hurt. You know, Cease was kind of brand new to the rotation. Too much Covey in July. Uh, you know, <laughs> thank you for getting me back on track here. And, uh, you know, now I'm going to lose my mind on this guy. <laughs> Covey is the reason of why this team is, is just stuck in this in this spot where they are. Covey is what's bad about the rebuild and what's frustrating for fans. And it's not necessarily Kobe. You can change the name to a lot of different things. You know, Detweiler. Uh, Kobe is this guy who's going to kind of continue to be thrown in this year because of the, just the screw ups in the off season, you know, so you blame Sox brass, you, you blame Han for not setting us up better um, you know, in, in these long relief guys, in these emergency starters when there's injuries. Kobe, like we talked about, he's got the speed, he's got the stuff, he's got the skills, but something in between the ears, like Fulmer, he can't figure out. Yeah. I mean, Kobe's one in seven in his last 16 games with a 6.88 ERA in 52 innings. In his last seven games, 0 and 3 with a 12.6 ERA. He got sent down recently back to AAA. He's been on a direct flight from Charlotte to Chicago, Chicago to Charlotte, 
And, you know, I, I just what I'm looking forward to in 2020, because we'll continue to talk about that magical year that's coming up is I don't want to see those guys anymore and replace Kobe with any other name that are just these fillers. This isn't going to make you feel any better. According to baseball reference, sure. baseballreference.com, yeah. uh-huh. the the number one similar player to Dylan Kobe is you ready for it? Sure. Phil Huffman. All right. Oh yeah, sure. Now, uh yeah. His career record was mm-hmm. 6 and 18 yeah. with a 6.03 ERA. Yeah. This is not what you want. No, you you don't want you don't want this. And this is what we've been dealing with in 2017, 2018, and now in 2019. And you know, sure there might be a spot for Kobe one day or a guy like Kobe. Sure there might be a spot for Fulmer, but I don't want 2020 to be a guessing year. You yeah. know, it can't be. I'm sure you're you're going to need some depth, but even that depth has to be plus. Yeah, it it, it can't be neutral or negative or uh, I don't know maybe this guy could be something no I I don't want you know early August in 2020 for your hopes to be relying on Detweiler or Covey in the rotation yes and 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 he just he's been given enough chances I just don't think he has it and uh, you know it's going to just be frustrating I think Detweiler is starting the Oakland series on on Friday and I, I I've seen the, the, the Detweiler-Covey one-two combination is the worst. And if you've got an annual physical coming up and just because of like a new job or just something for the, you know, the end of the summer, you're trying, don't schedule your annual physical after like a Detweiler or a Covey moment because your blood pressure like mine will be through the roof right. and the doctor will say, what's going on? I'll say, oh, I just had to watch uh, Covey and Detweiler for, you know, seven innings. Do they accept that? I mean, will they not put you on well, you need to high make blood sure, pressure well, medicine? Well, first you need to make sure your MD is uh, is a Sox fan or a baseball okay. fan. They understand. If it's a Cubs fan or someone that doesn't understand is not sympathetic <laughs> to your health interests, they won't. They won't. They won't do what you need to do. But, you know... It, Look, I, I, I'm looking forward to a lot of things in 2020. Uh, and even at the end of this year, Kobe, I, I say goodbye to you. Um, you know, just <laughs> nothing personal. It's just goodbye. You know, it's business. Um, so yeah, but, long. But let's talk pitching in general, because aside from that knucklehead, you know, and, and a, couple, a couple other outliers, I, I feel like, you know, pitching's been on the rise, man. Yeah. From, from Lopez to Gio to Cease and then Nova today and what he's done recently, I'm seeing positive things. Uh, I, I've seen every single one of Cease's home starts, and I think I've, I've, I've seen just about everything he's thrown, you know, away games, and he is getting better. You know, it's his mannerisms on the mound. That's what you need to watch. Yeah. He needs to get away from the 3-0, counts, but you can see him getting his breaking ball over. You can see him getting, you know, ahead of counts more times than not. I mean, his last start against Detroit, five innings, seven hits, two earned runs, one walk, six strikeouts. And this guy's throwing triple-digit pitches. I think he threw over 100 pitches, and he's still throwing 97-98. Yeah, I think you're certainly beginning to feel better about this pitching staff. Than He's maybe, learning so much every single Yeah, start. beyond Cease, though, as you mentioned, yeah. Lopez, oh, sure. Gio. You, uh, this, I think we were certain about Giolito. We weren't certain uh, about Lopez coming out of the break. No, and now all. all of a sudden, you're starting to see 
this pitching staff materialize and now you have to rely a little bit less on, well, I hope, you know, Kopech comes back and, and looks yeah. good. I hope yeah. Rodon is back, whatever. Yeah. You've got sort of, you feel pretty good about about these guys and, you know, you, you're, you've got a theory on Nova, yeah. but, you know, this, this pitching staff could maybe be one free agent pitcher away from being pretty pretty fe- yeah. uh, fearsome next year. Uh, we'll get to that in, in a moment. Let me, let me just praise Nova. And, and we rode Nova hard. We were just – we, I think, saw something in Nova, as most Sox fans did at the end of last season. This guy's got more in the tank. He's got talent. What is going on? And you can't just say you're going to be a different pitcher. You know, I don't believe you. I'm sorry. I'm a Sox fan. I'm way too skeptical. Uh, you got to put up. And he has put up, man. He has put up in his last seven games, you know, 3.77 ERA, 43 innings pitched, 40 strikeouts to 12 walks. Um, Pre-All-Star. So this is what no, uh, Lopez was doing uh, pre-All-Star break. 4-8, and 6-3-4 ERA. 23 home runs he gave up. Opponents hitting 297 against him. 86 strikeouts to 38. Uh, I'm sorry, 86 strikeouts to 38 walks. Post All Star break, 2.56 ERA. Razor sharp. Only giving up one home run. Opponents hitting 217 against this guy. 34 strikeouts to 11 walks. That's a three to one ratio. I mean, he's trusting his secondary yeah. stuff and he's getting it over, which just right. gives more confidence to go to it in clutch situations. He's not missing. You know, he's got that rising fastball that's his out pitch. He is not missing. All right. It's rising. You know, and I think there's also a focus. You know, there's a focus right. in anything you right. do. If you do something Chicago Sport and Social or Players Group or Rec. You know, you might have the skills, but it's really focusing. Yeah. And and you could just see it, man. He's he's a it's the eye test. He's a different pitcher. It's good to see. It is great to see. It it it, it almost makes you wonder like why why did it just take him being able to say I'm gonna be different? Then why not start the season differently? Well, you know right? what? I, I he might admit it later in, in the uh in the season or in the off season that he just didn't take the first half seriously. Everybody he, loves to hear that. He, right? Well he well, you know, it, I mean pl- other players have admitted it in the past. If they rode that talent and they said, you know what, I'm i I'm healthy, I don't need to fix anything. Um but what happens is is when you surprise folks and you have a pretty good second half of 2018 like Lopez does, right. well, other teams develop more video on you. Yeah. And and scouts and advanced scouts and your uh, oppo- opposing you know managing staffs have got files on you now. They're like, this is what this guy's going to bring at you. And this is what he's going to throw at you at different counts. This is his out pitch. There's more eyes on Lopez, like there are with Giolito now. Right. Right. You know, Giolito, heavy is the the head, you know, the the neck that wears that crown, that all-star crown. <laughs> is that right? Is That's that, the exact same. Is that the same? Yeah, you can <laughs> tattoo it. Go ahead. I just want to go back Don't to Don't look up that same. <laughs> go ahead and get that no. tattooed. It's and right. I would be, I would add both of the words. Heavy is the head and the neck. That... Yeah. Well, you got to have a you got to have a strong neck. <laughs> See, I, what I want to go back to with this whole Lopez thing is, you know, don't let Daryl Boston hear you're not taking the first half of the season seriously. <laughs> Daryl Boston had one job as a first base coach, not to let a player lap another player during a home run. 
and he let that happen. That's the one job you have and then to he do. Vowed to have a better, <laughs> yeah, a better. I didn't hear that. <laughs> I didn't hear that. He he told me. Hey, all I could say is about Daryl Boss is he seems happy. You There's gotta, always a smile on his face. He's always having a good he time. He knows he's gonna be the next manager. No, so. you, you know, I'll tell you who. If Renteria for somehow some way. <laughs> gets canned um you know what's going to happen the Sox are going to bring up McEwing they're going to bring up the bench coach McEwing and they're going to do that move I mean I when's the last time the Sox had a legitimate manager search I don't even know who that guy is so <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna pass on that listen before before we do any more um of this kind of frivolous talk can we can we do something serious here? I'd love to yeah all right yeah I've got Daniel Polka's Charlotte Knights oh, uh, stats you, right here you know who you're like you're like you're like when Ed Farmer during a nine three no, no. Sox Sox are winning nine to three and Ed Farmer wants to bring up the double doink by uh, Parkey no, uh, in the playoffs. We'll get to that. This is important. All right. All right. Yeah. Give it Six to me. homers. Yeah. Since July twenty sixth. Okay. All right. That's it. None of those count against I'm counting your preseason. Those. I'm counting those. I am. Polk is going to go down in you, history. You at, when you asked me that question, you said, how many home runs will he hit? You didn't say where. You well, didn't I, say when. That, that is ridiculous. Polk <laughs> is So when he, in two years, is playing in a beer softball well, league. I'll never make that bet again. So. <laughs> All right. I say, if, you, if you dip in the, in the Polk fountain, uh, you got a I couple screw I just thought you'd want to know. Yeah. Six homers. And he, was, and he was doing that in Charlotte before they decided to bring it back up. Yep. And then he just, you know, he's doing it again. So uh, he went, his bat yeah. went into the witness protection program. <laughs> he found it. All right. Yeah. That's all back to their regularly scheduled yeah. program. Um, <laughs> you got me all. Yeah. Ed farmer. Yeah, farmer. Okay. Farmer. What the hell is farmer's going on? Talking, I listened to more, a little bit more radio uh, this past weekend against Philly than TV and Farmer, God bless the guy. You know, he's been with the Sox calling for probably 30 years. He, him and DJ seem like they're having a good time. It's a giggle fest. There's all these inside jokes, but the chemistry is not there. I miss the John Rooney, Ed Farmer days. I grew up on that stuff, but Farmer's lost. We it. found the same two spots. I, I was listening <laughs> to the same game, and I, I turned it off in both spots. And one was he was talking about the San Diego chicken and <laughs> no, I'm dead it's serious. True. I the heard San Diego it. chicken and some other mascot, Billy fanatic, Billy fanatic. And he was talking about them. Like they were Burns and Allen or Seinfeld and Larry <laughs> David. Like it was <laughs> like, they were the funniest. Like he'd never yeah, seen any. All. Yeah. <laughs> like the like the, like they had invented comedy that it, there was it was there there been nothing better I couldn't believe what I was listening to so I just I was like you are so I right. turned it off you are off. so right the amount of credit he was giving yeah. to the San Diego chicken like was, he invented comedy I know like and DJ forget was about right the Marx, there with yeah. the lockstep right. like oh yeah forget yeah. about the Marx brothers yeah you know? and then of course yeah. yeah DJ chimed in with some like story that went nowhere how the, oh that's a how, surprise how, how the I think it was either the chicken or the Philly fanatic and who who really matters they're both so funny yeah. who can tell them apart but like <laughs> the, the, the one of them had taken his bat and uh, drove it off into into like right that. field and he had I to heard go that find story. it. It's I like, heard what, that is, story. what is going on it, here? It, DJ's never been known as a storyteller. Or a, a, he'll, he'll tell a story. It's just not a good story. And that one was one of his worst. Uh, and so the Sox end up going up 9-3 because of a, a Jimenez bomb. Yeah. 
And they're beating they're beating up on Philly yeah. now and, yeah. and in Philly. Right. It's nine to three. We're gonna win the series. And Farmer decides he's gonna bring up the double doink yeah. parky field goal yeah. in the playoffs against the Eagles. I guess it was the Philly Chicago connection, but you wanna talk I about don't hear that. why in the <laughs> world would you decide that that's gonna be good radio? That's gonna be feel good Sox radio yeah. to bring that Nobody up. Nobody wants to remember that moment. I Least tell- of all, Cody Parkey. He was probably listening because no, I, he loves the San Diego chicken. He's a huge fan. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> well, you got a lot of info <laughs> on that. Listen, this is a problem. This, the, what, what that is, that's the equivalent of doing the wave in the stadium you. when yeah. your team is winning. Yeah. Just yeah. call the game. Talk yeah. about the win. Don't yeah. bring up Cody Parkey. And, 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 you know, Farmer has got, he has zero excitement in his voice. I mean, if you didn't know any better and you turn and, and this is the difficulty with radio, because you could turn on the radio and you're not exactly sure are the socks up or the, you know, are the Phillies up or whatever. The way he calls a home run is just about the same for the home team uh, against the opponents, the good guys against uh, the opponents. And he, he made a call on Engel who, man, Engel made a hell of a catch in center field and then, you know kind of crashed right in the wall hat flew off he fell backwards well i was listening to the call on the radio and farmer made it sound routine yeah and then he kind of yeah. gave an afterthought of oh i think he bumped his head well i went to go watch the yeah. video i mean angle crashed pretty well into that wall it wasn't a rowan crash but he, he hit that wall pretty good there's just better radio duos and there's just better announced teams out i'll there. tell you who's better and, and i know you and i have talked a little bit about this and uh the trib did a great article this past sunday on stone and benetti and they have are really growing on me um i you know i miss hawk i don't miss him in these in these bad times though yeah when it would be yeah. just silence <laughs> just silence <laughs> you'd be just checking me. your tv like thinking <laughs> hey did he did the audio feed At cut out? At least give me I- a San Diego chicken story or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just don't go silent on me, Hawk. Well, be- before you go to TV, because I-, yeah. I-, I do want to talk about yeah. them, I will say that across town, and I know you know it's the it's the yeah. dreaded other side, but yeah. I think Pat Hughes and Joliet's very own Ron Coomer call a sure. really a yeah. really good Lockport's game. Lockport's finest. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I- he's got connections to both. I he think. went to he um, went to my high school, but, Lockport but you're right. Township. Yeah, yeah. I-, I just heard him uh, this afternoon. They were talking about that he's going to be inducted into the Joliet Sports Museum oh, or something oh, like boy. that. Joliet Sports Hall of Fame. Oh, sure, but um. I think that's a great uh, radio broadcast. And then I hear the Brewers cast a oh, lot wow. when I'm driving up north. Yeah. But they do something really interesting where Euchre does a good chunk of it solo, but then the executive producer, uh-huh. and I don't know that gentleman's name, he chimes in and yeah. there, there's a lot of interplay. And then it, during some parts of the inning, he's right there calling the game. And then other times he's kind of in that executive producer role mm-hmm. where he's sort of dropping in and commenting yeah, yeah, and yeah. feeding Euchre kind of, you know, just yeah. information uh, really enjoyable. And, yeah. you know, farmer and DJ, they're not terrible. There's just, there's just too much kind of tangential weirdness. And then there is that kind of like there again, such a polite way of saying as as we've said before, there's times where it sounds like they're getting different headphone feeds and they're not, you know, like they're not, they're not, they're they're talking at one another, Uh but not to one another. So anyhow, back to stone and Benetti. (laughs) 
That is a that is an excellent uh, explanation of what happens with Farmer <laughs> and DJ. And uh, if you were describing to uh, an opposing team fan of, oh, what's your radio team like? You that is an excellent way of of crisply defining uh, what happens. And look. I, hey, I grew up with Farmer and Rooney, and yeah. that was, you know, going on little road trips in the summer or traveling around the, you know, the south suburbs uh, in the car. It was, we were locked into Farmer and Rooney, and they went together really well. And, uh, you know, Farmer's been at it for a long time. Uh, he's a south side guy. You know, he pitched for the Sox, but they're just, you know, there isn't that gel. Well, uh, and they're, they're due generationally probably for a change too, yes, where, where yeah. both of those guys are former players, but yeah. they're, they're almost a decade removed to where an up and coming fan, like you, you're almost at the point now where you need somebody from that Oh five era team to be on, on either of those yeah, broadcasts yeah. where even like with the bears radio team, Tom Thayer, I love Thayer, yeah, Thayer yeah. and Joniak are good. Yeah. But you're almost getting to the point where Thayer is is transitioning into that that role that you know Doug Buffon mm-hmm, had, mm-hmm. and where you know that's thirty some yeah. odd years ago yeah. now. You know you're yeah. you're almost ready. I, I don't know. I I just think sometimes it helps to have that touchstone of the player being not so far removed right. from his playing career. Right. Um, almost like a Przinsky yeah, who, who's AJ, done some TV sure. stuff. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling Przinsky's going to get into managing. I think he's got the thirst for it. But I think they've tried out Rowan. He's filled in from time to time. Uh, even McDowell, I think, has been on TV or radio, you know, filling in. Um, I, you know, I, I, I've had the uh, opportunity to have the MLB Extra Innings package you yeah. know, some years ago. And I would get the opposing, you know, the the other team's feed. Yep. So if it was an away game for the Sox, I would get, right. for example, Cleveland's broadcasting team sure. or Detroit's or what have you. And, you know, I, I got to realize how different Stone and Hawk were at yeah. this time. Yeah. And and they just didn't gel. And the, uh, the opposition, they had a very lively, uh, even Toronto, th- there were some good broadcast yeah. teams that really kept the game moving. And and now that Benetti's been around and and he is getting into his own and Stone is I think welcoming the new age stuff right, right. the, the saber metrics the the, yeah. the fan grab yeah that stuff that Benetti brings it's really refreshing because because yeah. Stone sticks by some of his old school stuff sure sure but they have a they have a nice He's back so and forth engaging. he really Bo- is both of them are Stone is so damn smart and it it's unfortunate that. He and Hawk could never find a rhythm. Ego, yeah, because it was that ego. was a real, that was a, a waste of some of Stone's better broadcasting years. You know, yeah. I mean, and it's not like at seventy two, he's how many years does he reasonably have left? You know, or at least like I mean, good quality years. Well, you know, I mean, sure, I, I think paired with the right person, he might be maybe. around for four or five years. Right, but but that's what I mean. Like he's, it's, it's not like you got another ten years from 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 Stone. Sure, so. uh, I, I think he's he's found a, a new love for it. Uh, the art the article was great. Uh, just search that. It was in. I can't remember the gentleman's name that that wrote that article, but it was in the Trib this past weekend and. You know, I've really been enjoying. You know, Benetti sometimes goes off the rail a little bit, and 
you know, I, I do miss the hawk, just the angriness of hawk sometimes <laughs> when it was bad. It, you know, Benetti will Phil, start talking about ice cream flavors or something. It was Phil Rosenthal yeah, who wrote that in the is. Chicago Tribune. It was the August 3rd uh, yeah. issue. The reason for Steve Stone's rebirth in the White yeah. Sox broadcast booth at 72 is 35-year-old partner Jason yeah. Benetti. So. They're fun, they're fun to uh, listen to, uh, and they've made... Uh, this season, which has been an up and down season, even last year, uh, much more enjoyable. Um, you know, I, I think Benetti's going to get even even better. And I do miss, again, I, I miss some stuff from Hawk. I miss the homerism. I do. I, I love how Hawk just yeah. wore his emotions on his sleeve, especially when it was good. When it was good, it was great for Hawk, and you knew it. I mean, yeah. he was with us yeah. in those good times and, and in the bad. He suffered through that. Um so I, I just think they're going to get better. What I'm looking at our note sheet here. 53 yeah. White Castle sliders under the Ed I Farmer I heard Farmer thing. talking what, about this. What thing. is that? They they started talking. DJ and Farmer started talking about food and, and you know, back in their youth, like uh, <laughs> hot dogs. Cause they, I think they were, they were uh, hyping up a dollar hot dog day. And... <laughs> And DJ said, oh, I could probably, I probably would have had nine or a dozen. And, and Farmer's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And DJ goes, oh, yeah, you and your 53 sliders. And, and no one, if you're not listening, you don't know what he's referencing. You know, it's some kind of inside joke that they talked about. I gather that Farmer put down 53 White Castles in one sitting, I'm assuming, at some point. That's impressive. Uh, do you think you could do that? Uh, I'm Not now. I mean, years ago when I was in college, I could put down a Crave case. How much is that again? 30. That's, That's th <laughs> I'm not I'm not kidding you. I was in a different mindset, uh, just all over physical mindset <laughs> years ago. Uh, it's been a long time. I mean. That's like a cool Aunt Luke thing. My boy can eat 53 sliders. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we should do a, a Good Guys Talk Back White Castle Challenge. Oh, we should do God. it at a location. I feel sick just, right we'll now thinking it, about it. We should do a tailgate at a Sox game, and uh, we just bring White Castles. We get folks to sign up, and uh, yeah, we'll get White Castle to sponsor that. They'll love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're tasty, but, you know, maybe four or five. Is <laughs> is too many. Um, all right. Nobody well, wins with that. Let me get back into uh, pitching just just briefly because I, I, you got to finish on this Nova thing. I mean, Nova, eight innings, five hits, zero runs, three walks, and only one strikeout. So not like not super sharp numbers, but logging eight innings, five hits, zero runs today against Detroit. And, you know, his last seven games have been sharp. 3.40 ERA, 27 strikeouts to 10 walks. This guy's giving you quality innings. He's given the uh, this team a chance to win. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think he's going to be around in 2020, Jeff. What? I mean, try to talk me out of this, cause, but I, I don't – I am so skeptical about what the Sox are going to do in the offseason to get a big arm. I just think they're going to go the Nova route. Yeah, I think that'd be disappointing, but if I think it really depends on what you are asking him to do. If you're saying be our fifth starter or yeah. be our fourth starter, you know, or, or spot starts, mm -hmm. that's one thing, right? Yeah. But if, if, if you got to look to him to be your number three or even your number two, which I, I just don't see that's possible. I, I, I think you, 
I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's it's probably not time to talk about the off season yet. So you know, let's let's let well, them you can play always, it out. You but can always guess, and you can always have a wish list. And... I still think it was silly to stamp Pat at the deadline. I I, yeah. I I don't think the team. To me, when I hear Rick Hahn say this is that we believe in the team that we have here, then that means you don't think that anything needs to get better on this team. Now, I as you said when we were getting ready for the episode. Players on this team will get better Correct. because they're young. Absolutely, but you can't tell me from one to nine and from position to position that you've got all the pieces. There. From what I gather, uh, Han was looking for uh, an opportunity to bring in a starting pitcher at the deadline that had uh, controllability uh, beyond this year. So it wasn't just a rental player. He was looking for a starter that we could maybe, uh, you know, still have locked up for 2020. Uh, those things weren't there. You know, column A and a packaged player could have gotten that potentially, you know, and I guess the deals just weren't weren't there. He's he's looking long term. But, you know, I, I went back to uh, just to read what Han had said uh, when Nova was actually signed this past offseason in the winter. And I, and I just wanted to refresh like his words because they're telling. Um, I want to just kind of paraphrase, you know, what his quote was. Uh, Nova, who, you know, is 32, he's going to be 33 uh, in 2020. And, you know, Han says it could be a multi-year stay. We'll figure it out after the season looking for long-term impact. And uh, that to me, it doesn't sound like, yeah, it's one and done. If this, if Nova continues to do what he's doing at a consistent level throughout this season, especially with Kopech, like riddled with quite, he's like the Riddler. He's just got question marks all over him. (laughs) Um, I guess, you know, I could see, I could see, you got to have some depth. I could see Nova being around and I don't know if I'd be too upset. I'd be extremely upset if they don't even get aggressive at all on a Cole or on a proven uh, arm for the staff. Right. If they just sit back and relax and say, we've got Cease, Giolito, Lopez, Kopech coming back. And now we've got Nova who turned in a pretty good, um, a pretty solid 2019 at 32 years old. We're going to bring them back. It's like Shields 2.0. Right. I don't want right. an innings eater, you know, and, and Nova right now is pitching probably better than I uh, recollect Shields was. Right. You know, I, I, you got to make a splash. I'm just worried about them resting on Nova. Yeah. It's tough to say at this point, right? There's so much left to be done. You had one other, I want to make sure we get to yeah. this note. Cause I've, I've got, some strong feelings on this uh, yeah. on the on the universal dh yes yeah Let, let's get let's get to the thank you for reminding me because this came up with the whole kovi nonsense and uh they the Sox brought fulmer up over this past weekend and fulmer was pitching in philadelphia and pitchers hit of course and he pulled a hamstring trying to leg out a single or you know stretch something into a potential double and and he goes on the IL. That means Covey has to come back onto the team. And right. if you go, you know, if you backward plan and you say, well, if we just had that universal DH, none of this would have right. even happened. Right. And this is this is getting to be absolutely ridiculous. I don't know what the holdup is. It, it's to me. I, Listen, we've talked about the idiosyncrasies of baseball, whether with the parks are different yeah. or this and yeah. that. But this rule to me, I, I don't want to watch 
pitcher's bat. I yeah. don't. I'm yeah. not interested. Yeah. And and then when you compound the injury mm-hmm. uh, a possibility, and it just it makes the game more exciting. And why? There, there's no reason to have these two different um, kind of it's rule is not the right thing. I, I know you need to, to ramp up to, to get it set up, but let's make it happen. Yeah. Universal I, DH. I I'm think, all uh, for it. I think I, and I'm with you. I'm all for it. And, and you need to prep teams well ahead of time that, you know, in 2021 or 2022, it's going to be universal. So National League teams can can draft, can prepare uh, you know, that's fine to, to get those hitters. But what I'm saying, the AL is at such a disadvantage in interleague play when they play it at National League parks. Right. These pitchers, you know, and I'm not saying a National League pitcher wasn't going to injure a hamstring, but these AL pitchers are doing stuff that they haven't been asked to do all season long. Right. Try to hit. And, you know, there's little side competitions with their other pitcher friends. So they're trying to leg out hits that shouldn't be hits. They're trying to get aggressive. You know, there's that ego still within them. of just It's competition. Um, I'm not going to let a fellow pitcher get a hit. And then, you know, I'm not going to get a hit. Right, right. So there's injuries, you know, because of unforeseen uh, activity that just has been dormant. Now, when the NL comes to the AL for interleague, the NL just throws in an extra hitter. Right. I mean, well, and, 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 and that's why I don't think the ramp up has to be that long, because I think there are plenty of National League teams that have guys on their roster right now or guys right at triple A ball who you, you, you could plug yeah. into that position. Hell, at this point, you could plug anybody into yeah. DH for the Sox. They haven't had one for 10 years. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and we don't have to look too far from, you know, Schwarber. We talk about that all the time and, uh, it's just also, it, it creates more jobs in it the creates national more league. Jobs. Uh, it keeps stars in the league yeah. longer. Yeah. And Philly's going to want that with that 10 year, uh, Harper deal. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So we're going to, you know, start wrapping up, I think uh, a little bit here on this episode 34. Um, you know, I just want to uh, bring up one quick thing to, to, you know, just to counter a little bit your talk of making deals uh, at the deadline, we discussed this a little bit off air, but Sox have some ridiculous numbers when they have the lead going into the seventh, eighth, uh, and or and after six innings. After six innings, this with the lead. Okay, the Sox okay. have the lead after six innings. They are thirty-eight and one. Wow. After. Seven innings, the Sox are 39 and one when they have the lead. After eight innings, they are 39 and zero. So that is a hell of a six, seven, eighth. You know, bummer, your Fry, your Marshall, your Colome. And unless Han's getting an amazing return, why not bring that core back for 2020? That looks pretty exciting. You yeah, I, I, I can see that. I still, I, I just, I don't know. I feel like if there was a deal to be made um, to, to improve your team, I I would have made it. And again, hey, clearly we're not in those conversations, so we're, 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 we're not going to know that. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, yeah. we'll see, right? Your, your deal to be made is really bring up uh, Robber and Madrigal, you know. Uh, let's see those guys. I right. mean, w- w- come on. Yeah, I mean, well, like, exactly, and it's you know, and it's. What else does Robert have to prove? I we mean, better see them. I I, I think we sh- we should I, see them. We're not the only ones calling for it. Fans are calling for it, folks. You know, uh, you know Frank Thomas, Ozzie Gian, these guys doing pre and post on uh, Sports uh, Chicago. You know, see them. Give them a give them an ability to have a blueprint in the off season. 
I mean, what's it, for what? Let's go. Right, right. Um, folks, thanks so much uh, for joining us uh, here on Good Guys Talk Back. It is fan-centric. It's blue-collar Chicago White Sox talk. We know you get your Sox entertainment in all different ways, and we appreciate you uh, being with us. Even if this is your first time, uh, please pass it along. We appreciate that. If you've been with us since the beginning, we, of course, thank you. Um, you know you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we've got a Facebook page. Like that page. Follow us. And, of course, on Twitter, at GoodGuysTB. Yep. Uh, and don't forget our Instagram yep. account, yep. GoodGuysTBSocks. Absolutely. Um, we've got a, a fun weekend here. Socks are home for three against Oakland. Uh, you got a day game on Friday. You've got the Aloy Bobblehead game on Saturday that we will be We're at. We're going to be there. The That's good guys right. will yeah. be there. And uh, Sunday, I'll, I'll be at that Harold Baines uh, Hall of Fame uh, appreciation game. And then you've got Houston coming to town. So you got some tough teams, some tough games. Let's do it. Let's yeah. go get them. Let's get a win. I need my bobblehead, yeah. and uh, I'll be ready to roll. Yeah, good weather, too. So looking forward to that. Uh, for Jeff Julian, I am Nick Morowski. This has been Good Guys Talk Back. Go Sox. <laughs>